truly about the story about Mary and Elizabeth. You're in the midst of Mary's encounter with the angel. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant with in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You were blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What a great story. What a great way to open up an even bigger story. Perhaps the chapter to one of the greatest books that you could ever read. A love Luke's account. A love account because so much of Luke seems to be based in a relational connection, and some would say that Luke was connected intimately even with Jesus' mother, Mary, and that he, in fact, might have had first-hand accounts from Mary on her journey with child in those earliest days of Christ's birth. I want to welcome you to what is really our first Sunday in the season of Advent. As many of you would know and some of you don't know, Advent marks this time of year when we set aside sort of this crazy pace and demands of our lives. I'm almost prophetically trying to speak that into myself right now. I don't know if that's you, but but I might life be still slow down. Why is it that this time of year is just so compact with things to do, obligations that we must meet? Maybe for some of you, that would that would mean presents that must be put in place, and and plans for travel or plans to house people. But this is this time of year where we come against some of that crazy pace and. And we determine, even as a corporate church, to make room in our fellowship to welcome and to recognize the inbreaking power and story of God's kingdom. 
to celebrate the birth of our glorious Savior and God's only Son. Advent literally means the arrival. Appearance or emergence of a notable person, thing, or some event. Inbreaking is a, a breaking in, an inroad, an invasion, or an incursion. The approach of Christmas hastens us to catch our breath, to awaken our hearts to the reality of the promise. Emmanuel, God. In the Christmas story, we find three definitions of Advent. We find them happening simultaneously, this unstoppable movement with the, the arrival of Jesus. The, the notable arrival and transcending activity of heavenly encounters. And then the events and the stories of the people whose lives and their trajectories were forever changed by the reality of God's inbreaking power. The birth of Jesus marks a definitive inroad of God into the story of humankind, doesn't it? John 1 puts this so nicely. In him, that is, Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. What a great promise that is. Darkness, by its very nature, Sense of life. You've been reading my notes. Or I'm just quoting what we already know. The absence of life. God's light has come, and darkness simply cannot and will not and never will extinguish the light that brings us so much hope. the story of that process. Advent is the story of the way. The way that God chose to break into our sometimes fear-filled and stubborn-hearted and desperately resistant lives. Advent is the story of the way. The way that God has chosen to save and to Change the trajectory of humankind. But the mere sound of Mary's voice, the month's old child, that child within Elizabeth, left for joy. The scriptures tell us, the story tells us that Elizabeth was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I don't think that's just a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? It could have come with the warm and the fuzzies. With the tangible, felt presence of God's Holy Spirit 
mother suddenly quickened her. And her heart's cry of our first Advent reading is this poignant illustration of what happens in Christ's appearing. These two women in our Christmas story have been very literally swept up into the sudden and advancing work of God's inbreaking kingdom. I want you to imagine with me for a moment what the state of their hearts must have been like. What kind of a heavenly and personal awareness and expectation might have been awakened within them? kind of an inner knowing and awareness that nothing is ever going to be the same. And for some of us, that might be a welcome thing, and for others, us, that might sound like sheer terror. You mean I'm not going to be in control anymore? <laughs> what is this going to change in my life? What are you asking from me? Maybe an awareness that their lives have been immeasurably touched and suddenly swept up in a much grander narrative and a purpose that not only had to do with them personally, but whose effect was going to bring about a dramatic shift of Yahweh's purposes to an entire people and perhaps even the world. If expectation is the soil that feeds and sustains hope that our two women, Miss Mary and Elizabeth, I'm going to say we're infused and alive with hope. And I want to tell you something. Their hope was not misinformed. It wasn't misplaced. It was a hope that was rooted in faith service to God. That was their response. To step towards God and step with Him into His purposes. Theirs was a hope that was informed and anchored by the Word of God. And by His promises that are found within our recorded scriptures. And by the very Word that proceeds from the mouth of God and from His messengers. Like Mary and Elizabeth, God wants us to be fully aware. He wants us to be fully alive. And living like people who, who are expected with the life of Christ that is within us and fully aware that the Spirit of God wants to work himself through us. But the promises of God are really at work within us. People around us are going to see the difference. Have you ever noticed that? And when you start to take steps towards change and towards Jesus, and it gets the ire and the attention of sometimes those people closest to you. What on earth are you doing? 
life so far. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> People are going to notice the changes. I want you to look with me to Luke's account again here. What did the people used to say? She's barren. Elizabeth is barren. We know her as that older woman who is barren. But she conceived the son and is now in her sixth month. And I love this. For the word of God will never fail. What a promise. Can you imagine what that activity in her community was like? Some who knew her intimately well, others just knew her as Zachariah's wife. Sometimes I would bump into her at the well. Sometimes I felt uncomfortable with my kids around her because I could see her looking at them. She loved kids. Father kids. I I don't know what the community looked like, but I know that the thing that Luke says here as he points out is that people used to say. They used to say that. Saying something very different, aren't they? People used to say that Elizabeth was barren. Both of them now advanced in years. We can only imagine that it was awkward for her and her husband, Zachariah. But then there were the stories about Zachariah. Did you know he was struck dumb by an angelic encounter? Elizabeth referred to it as some vision that he had in the temple. But he was struck dumb while he served as a priest in the innermost place. And then, and as the story unfolds, Elizabeth kind of goes into hiding for a period of time, doesn't she, in the story? And then she emerges, but something else seems to be emerging from her. Now, they didn't wear a lot of tight clothing like we do. I don't think they were manufacturing spandex then or anything like that, right? Like it, like it, was, it was discreet. Just a lot more easy with our bodies these days. I mean, culturally, they were discreet. She wore discreet clothing, but things were beginning to show. The stories were getting out. There was this undeniable glow, this quality to her. And then this eventual show of Elizabeth was becoming full with child. She's just. In her story here, as we're catching up, and Mary is catching up with her, she's just entering into her third trimester. And all of it, all of it, is this sign and wonder that points us towards God and His 
in breaking Canaan. I mean, what other excuse do we have? She was old and advanced in years. And I love that the angel kind of just feeds that as an invitation to Mary to go, to come and see for yourself. I thought about the season that we're in and, and what kind of a, a word that I could bring to you this morning that I can take out of this. I've, I've felt like this Advent season, God is inviting us to something. I believe He's inviting us to enter into His story. I believe He's inviting us to put our faith and life in the hands of God. I believe he's inviting us to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he's inviting us to come fully into his story and to believe. To come and to believe. Simply believe. Put your trust in this promise. The word of God will never fail. straight from God's messenger, from the angelic messenger to Mary. The word of God, Mary, will never fail. Go and see your relative, Elizabeth, and see for yourself. Can you just imagine for a moment the ensuing conversations that must have taken place around the table, around their home, around the well when they travel together, underneath the cover of the roof, and during the dutifully lit lanterns that burned in the night of their home. Just imagine the conversations these two girls are having. Mary and Elizabeth would have had plenty to share over those three months that Mary sojourned alongside her relatives. And the whole time, Zachariah was strangely silent. He could do little more than to simply listen and smile and make motions and gestures with his hands over his heart and to God in heaven. And, and there wasn't going to be too much in the way of interruptions from him. It was anything like my household growing up as a young man and even spending time living with my grandmother and my grandfather, both of them strong Irish and Irish-French descent, which made things very interesting. There was always a competition for my ear at the table about which story I was supposed to be listening to. My grandfather was very good at using his fingers while he was talking to you, at which point my grandma would eventually reach out and try to bite it or grab it or something, you know. But Zachariah had none of that. He couldn't even speak. I kind of wonder if the girls didn't just kind of giggle a little. He said, I've just never had so much time to talk about things. I mean, uh, use your imagination. 
creation. It's given to you by God. Use it. Just imagine the scenario is playing out. Because this is meant to be real. We're meant to be inspired. I love that God gives a story and great storylines and, and, you know, even refers to that, that, that moment when the shepherds go to Mary and they tell her all of the things that they encountered in the field and it says that she sort of took these things up in her heart and stored them up in her heart and considered them. So much beautiful story here. Maybe all Zachariah could do is throw in the infrequent gesture that to Elizabeth to recount the story about his heavenly visitation and God's promise about the child that Elizabeth was carrying, because it was directly connected with the child that was in Mary. The two were inseparable. Because it was God himself who instructed Zechariah and Elizabeth to name their child John. John is a great name. What does it mean, John? Do you know? Different God. Yeah. See how clear? It's gracious. A gift from God. The grace of God. I believe that God wants to come and give you grace today. To live out your lives with hope. God sends grace. He sends that grace to prepare us for our encounter with Him. Before you even encounter Him, God wants you to know that there's grace. God is gracious. Our hope is rooted in a promise for our God who is gracious. Our hope is anchored in a God who will give us grace to carry on. No matter what the obstacle is that we face in our lives. Our hope is firmly planted. It's sustained in a God and His powerful Spirit who is continually speaking and revealing Himself to us. But it might mean you need to slow Into you. Our hope is firmly planted. It's sustained in a God and His powerful Spirit. And we are never far from hope. But sometimes it can elude us. Have you ever felt hope eluding you? Sometimes it loses because we forget just how good God has been to us. I can only imagine the magnified stories of Elizabeth and Zachariah's life that were 
shared and transplanted into the heart of a younger girl. Because that's what Mary was. She was a young girl, wasn't she? Some would hesitate to say that she was 13. Scriptures don't exactly tell us that she was young. And much wiser and much older Elizabeth is speaking into her life for three months. She got to share with John growing inside of her and God's grace growing inside of her. For three months, she got to share. But even upon seeing her, Our story tells us that Elizabeth heartily exclaimed, Blessed are you, Mary, among women. Just at the sound of her voice, quickened and filled by the Holy Spirit, she begins by proclaiming a blessing over the young girl. Blessed are you, Mary, among women. Blessed is the child that you will bear. This life in an unbelieving heart will only sustain despair. If we want to foster hope in our lives, then then we need to practice being present with Him and being thankful. 
presence of God. You want to awaken your own heart and life to the purposes of God. And I want us to consider the command of the psalmist as he leads us in worship. Maybe you can read aloud with me Psalms 100 and what I'm just going to call our practice of grace. Want to do this? Let's do this together. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. So just a, a quick reflection. What bleeps out for you as you read those passages? Any of you? I was actually thinking about you as I was looking at this song. One of the things that comes from you in your worship and oftentimes is a proclamation about the goodness of God. God is good. Just that uh, the verse on the other side about um, that we're his, that we belong to him. There's for me just today as I'm reading that. There's just such a sense of um, security in like knowing who we are and where we stand with him. For me, it's um, this whole song.
settled and devoted to the purposes of God, even when our hearts are longing and struggling with some unfilled desire. Our hope was anchored in God. Our hope was anchored in the goodness of God. And I believe it was that goodness that kept her heart young. to the purposes of God's embracing kingdom. Like the story of Sarah from her own Hebrew scriptures, Elizabeth found hope. The word of God and the goodness of God will never fail us. I don't think that was news to her when the angel announced that to her. It was good. And out of her heart, in Luke 125, comes the Lord has done this for me. She said, In these days, He has shown me His favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. It was a stigma that she carried because she was buried in her culture. Moving into our forward, can you ask God to break into your heart and to your attitudes? Is there a place, and I'm just going to ask this question, and I'm not looking at any one person, okay? As I ask this question, Debbie often gets this, sometimes gets this comment, but why was Dave looking at me? That's not me. Somebody that you know that you can trust with your heart. Somebody that will help you guard your heart. Take time 
God and your devotion to Him. Be honest with Him. He's got big shoulders. He even understands terms like, this really sucks. My dad hated it when I was a guy. He could swear like a trooper sometimes, but apparently there were certain words that wasn't allowed to use. I won't even use the other one because I really would be crossing over. I don't know if you pray that pastor needs prayer, but what I'll tell you. But come to God. Throw your cares on Him. Cast your cares on Him. Because He cares for you. Go to the scripture.